Welcome to the Coeur Adventist Podcast. Created, produced, and directed by the members of the Coeur Seventh-day Adventist Church. To connect. To grow. To grow. To worship. To reflect Jesus. Let's discover what we can do. Together. 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 Welcome to Interviews, where we take the time to get to know individuals in our faith community a little better. My name is R.J. Henneberg, and for episode two, I have the privilege to talk to someone I view as the Mother Teresa of our church. Today, we are talking with Bernice Wright. She is constantly giving of herself, and it is evident throughout her life story. She currently blesses our community by being a leader in our thrift store, Gathered for Good. So, being only our second episode, I'm still working out some of the kinks, and this episode was recorded next to the furnace closet, and it legit sounds like you're in a 747 at times during the interview. Rookie move, live and learn. So welcome aboard, and let's get to know Bernice a little better. So Bernice, before we get into, I guess, your history, your story, how you grew up, all that type of stuff... How long have you been a member here at Coeur d'Alene? Well, when I first came to Idaho, um, I went the first about 10 years to Post Falls Church. And, um, but I kind of liked the the more variety of the worship here. So, and I decided to move from from Post Falls to Coeur d'Alene. But since 1980, I've been in the Coeur d'Alene area. Okay. Yeah, because I think back, as long as, you know, yeah. I've been here, I, I kind of remember you <laughs> well, around. I remember when you were born, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, excellent. So, yeah, tell me about how you're raised, where you grew up, oh, your, my. your family, all that type of stuff. Oh, my. Career. Well, you really want to know. Oh, I want to know. If, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was born in a log cabin. I have a twin sister. We were four pounds and three pounds. I was whoa. I was four pounds and she was three pounds, and we were born at home. And we, uh, to keep us warm, we were behind the kitchen stove. Um, my mother, I was the ninth of twelve children. I, uh, my twin sister was the eighth and I was the ninth. And then wow. I have three younger ones beyond me. We um we lived we were I was born in Burke's Garden, Virginia. It's a really hillbilly town close to Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee, Tazewell County. We moved to Maryland when I was five. And my dad worked they had a we worked on dairy farms, my dad and my older brothers. Um, and I went to, I started a school in Poolsville, Maryland. And then um, when I was 10, we moved to a little house on the Potomac River by the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal. And we lived along the towpath. Um, 
my dad worked for the forest, well, the National Park Service during that time. And uh, we lived in a house that had no running water, no, no electricity. Um, in fact, I didn't, I never lived in a house with electricity until I went to college. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe once when, when we first moved to Maryland, we had a house at the dairy farm. Anyway, it was, it was kind of tough going. Um, so, I mean, with 12 kids, were you all just, and if it's a log cabin, I'm assuming it's pretty small, were you just jammed in a room? I don't remember much of that. I just, I know I had bigger, big brothers, you know, and uh, I, I just really don't remember too much of that. Um, yeah. I remember our first place in, in, when we moved to Maryland, and it was nice. And that was the nicest house we'd lived in, and beyond that, it wasn't wasn't so nice after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom was wonderful. She, but my dad had problems. He was, he eventually began began to drink a lot, and so um, we had a tough time. Then, um, when I was about. nine or ten my sister Betty got very ill and had to go to a hospital and it ended up being the Washington Sanitarium and Hospital and uh, she came home when she came home she said oh that was really a uh, that place was was really interesting these people came around and sang hymns on Saturday and uh, she said and they keep Saturday for Sunday and I I was 10 and I said Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday well Saturday is the seventh day <laughs> <laughs> and that was my first inkling of hearing about Seventh-day Adventists oh, cool. and she brought home some uh, Voice of Prophecy Bible study cards. So my sister and I sent them in, and then they, we started getting lessons in the mail. And that was, you know, when that, in that day, getting mail was exciting. You didn't get much, so when you got a letter that was addressed to you, that was fun. and. We would fill out the lessons and mail them, and they would mail them back, and there would be little marks on them, and we just thought that was great. And they were good lessons. I wish I could, wish I could find them again, because those were the those were really good. Yeah. At the end of those, they said, "Do you have somebody? Would you like somebody to visit you?" Well, by that time, we were going to the we were going to the Presbyterian Church in our town. It was, and uh, we had just been baptized, sprinkled. So we said no. We were okay. Um, but then one day this man came, we had moved down by the river at that time. This man came walking across the bridge, the little bridge, and he was from Tacoma Park. He was from uh, 
Washington Missionary College. He was a, and so he wanted to know, he was a Bible worker and wanted to know if we wanted Bible studies. And we said, okay, but he said, we have a film to show. We didn't have electricity. So he said, oh, I, I can figure that out. So he, when the next time he came, he bought a Duquesne projector and hooked it up to a car battery. <laughs> and that worked a little bit, but it didn't work too well. So then uh, his wife and a friend continued the Bible studies. It took a little while. I think I was about um, 12, 13, about that time. And my sister, actually, I was the one that was really, really gung-ho. I really liked the studies. And so then they started taking us to the Damascus Seventh-day Adventist Church. And they did that for about, I mean to tell you, they did that for about two or three years. Wow. Every Sabbath. And they were a wonderful, wonderful couple. And they had two boys, uh, Lauren and Bobby Hager. Lauren was a baby at the time. Um, and then Elder A.V. Wallenkamp became the pastor of the Damascus Church. Probably some of the old people will know who he was, <laughs> but he, he was from Atlantic <clears throat> Union College. And uh, I really liked him. And, and, I, and when I heard that he was going to leave, I said, well, I'd like to be baptized. And then my sister decided that she wanted to be baptized Your too. Twin my sister? twin sister. So we were both baptized when I was 16. Um, and then um, we continued to go to high school. And I, uh, in the summer, we got a job my junior year at Washington Sanitarium and Hospital in the. Uh, in the dietary, uh, both of us. And uh, we worked there in the summer and then went back home, finished our senior year in high school. And then the next summer we came back and I worked in the laundry and she worked in housekeeping. And uh, we were accepted to uh, we were accepted into nursing at Alexandria Hospital. It was a three-year program, but there was a little Christian nurse in the central supply area that was insisting that we go to Washington Missionary College. So we finagled in and just ended up miraculously working our way through Washington Missionary College and uh, in the nursing. So I'm going to show my ignorance here a little bit. Now, Washington Missionary College, that it's, had a name change. It was changed then to Columbia, to Columbia Union College. Yeah, okay. And then it is now Washington Adventist College. Okay. So I, but I thought good. <laughs> it's the camp. It's the old campus. <laughs> I've, stayed there, I've stayed there in their dorm, actually, no, um, when we... Did a yeah. DC trip, but my sister and I both went to uh, 
went through the nursing program there. Cool. Are you were you identical? Are you identical no. twins? Or? No, we weren't. We were very close. Um, I it's it's just funny the way God leads. Um, I had I really wanted felt like I should go back home and help my mom. The sit the home situation there was not very good. But then um, I had this missionary zeal at the time, and uh, this man came from Highland Hospital in Tennessee, Portland, Tennessee. They needed nurses very badly. So my sister and I actually split up. She went to Pee Wee Valley um, Hospital, which is another Adventist hospital in Kentucky, and I went to Highland, and I worked there for three years. Um, I I worked the the last year. I became the supervisor, the the director of nurses there. It was just a small hospital. After three years, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, my salary was two dollars and sixty two cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> that'll, that'll get you a gallon of gas. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway, uh, then my mom died, and I came back to Maryland. I had a younger sister and brother, and my dad. My dad was not well. He still had a drinking problem. And uh, we they were living with my my older sister and her husband, and that wasn't a good situation so I moved the family, my dad and my brother and sister, I moved into a, a different house and I actually worked at Washington Sanitarium for about six months. I worked in OR recovery and then I was an IV therapist there. So then um, I just, I then, decided to get closer to home, so I worked at, at a general hospital, Montgomery General Hospital, for a little while, and realized that um, I wanted to, wanted to enlarge my scope a little bit. And there was a master's, there was a program where you could actually apply for a, a grant, and, and, um, it was now Columbia Union College had a need for nursing instructors. So I, I found out that they needed a pediatric nursing instructor. <laughs> uh, so I decided that's what I would go into. And so I went to get my master's in maternal child health through the University of Maryland. Nice. And when I finished that, I. I started teaching at Columbia Union College. And we actually moved my sister and my dad and my brother uh, into college housing, and I lived there for seven years. Got them through high school and college, and, and then uh, that's where I took a turn. <laughs> I got a little, uh, I have to laugh, um, I had led such a 
uptight and responsible life. And I got a little restless. <laughs> and uh, so I, I have to laugh. I, I, uh, I actually went through my latent adolescence. <laughs> um, while I was at Columbia Union College, I organized a single adults club, the national, the, it was called Filosa. That's what we named it. So I was a leader in that, and I did a lot. I was also, um, I belonged to the Damascus Church for a while, and then the Rockville Church, and and uh, I was a Pathfinder leader, and I got my master guide, and we I did all those kinds of things while the kids were growing up and finishing, and, and that was wonderful. I have a lot of fond memories of that. Um, but then I decided that I wanted to do something adventuresome. So I answered an ad in the nursing journal for a position as a 900 public health nurse in Alaska. And so that's when I, all the kids were gone and my dad had passed away too. So I went to, uh, I got a job in, in Alaska as a, as a public health nurse. And um, while I was up there, I did, there was no, you know, I lived in McGrath, which is right in the middle of the state, and I covered 15 villages. So is it close to Fairbanks, or? Uh, 75, 275 miles south of Fairbanks, right in the middle of the state. And 250 miles is actually probably pretty close in Alaska. Terms. Well, you had to fly. You couldn't. Okay. Yeah, there was no uh, no roads. You flew to Anchorage. You flew to Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. You. Uh, I covered uh, fifteen villages along the Yukon River and the Kuskokwim. Wow. And uh, I would go to the villages and stay with the natives. Take care of their public health needs and give them immunizations and teach classes and do the school nursing and and uh, it was it was a unique experience. So this this is your rebellious stage. <laughs> sounds sounds amazing. Like you're doing <laughs> amazing good for these communities for sure. Oh, I uh, I loved it. I I feel that I mean. Alaska was, it was a wonderful experience, but I couldn't take that long, dark. And so I met my husband there. Uh, he was with a flying service out of, out of Wyoming. And, so how, uh, how old were you at this time? Well, I was in 32, 33. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was from a flying service out of Alaska. And it was kind of a rapid kind of romance, I guess I'd call it. That's a part that I don't like to talk about too much because it was, it was really a little bit, what's the word I want to say? I have no regrets, but I realized that a lot of the things that I did were foolish. Yeah. And so... Uh, but I married him, and we 
he was working in Wyoming at the time, so I came back to Wyoming, uh, worked as a public health nurse in Whirland, Wyoming, and I worked there for three years. I set up a whole new public health system, and uh, bought the immunization rate from probably 15% to 98%. Wow. And, and I did, I just did a lot of school nursing and everything, and I, it was a wonderful job. And, uh, but then my husband lost his job, so we moved to Billings. <laughs> And he got a job with flying service out of Billings. And uh, I worked at both St. Vincent's and Deaconess Hospital. And then I had a job teaching at Billings Votech, <clears throat> taught the LPN program there. And uh, at the end of three years, I was riffed because I didn't have tenure. So um, that's when I got the job at NIC. <laughs> okay. So do you have, did you guys have kids? In well, no, Vincent? that's the other part of the story. When we were in Wyoming, I had a dear friend of one of the doctors, and we worked really closely together. Um, and I was looking, we were actually looking for adoption and so she had a uh, she had a young woman that was pregnant, wanted to give up her baby. So Beth was adopted there in Wyoming. Yeah. And then you moved to NIC. She was three months old. I mean, she okay. was three days old when I got her. Really? Yeah. In fact, I knew she was coming from October to February. So I was expecting, and it was exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> she was beautiful. Yeah. She still is. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you moved to NIC after that. You taught. Yeah. Directed the pro program at NIC? No, I, I, uh, I, w I was maternal child. Actually, at NIC, you were everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I taught fundamentals and uh, I taught fundamentals in med surge and OB. And I pretty much taught first year nursing for most. And this is around 1980 or so? 1980 to 2010. Really? Yeah. Good for you. I, uh, I retired in 2001, I think. But then I worked for 10 more years. I actually substituted, did, uh, did the summer psych. So one of, my, one of my specialties was psych, so. Cool. Um. So then you're in the Coeur d'Alene area, and you started, sounds like you're at Post Falls for 10 years or whatever. Yeah, and I taught, all along I've been involved. I've taught cradle roll and kindergarten and 
I think I've, I actually taught children from the time I actually joined the church. Even when I was in Damascus at 16, I, would, I was in the children's division. Yeah. So I, I did that all along and then I, I... So when did you get involved with community services? Actually, that was kind of an accident. It was after I retired. And Ellie Ryan was um, the Dorcas leader. It was Dorcas at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she needed help, and I was retired, and I was bored. And she said, well, you can come and help me. And so I went. So I went over and started helping her. And then when she decided she didn't want to do it anymore, then it kind of just evolved <laughs> to So me. now you're the director, is that? Do you have a well, title? How does this, how does this even? <laughs> I don't know what, the, I think they call it director, I just call it leader. Yeah. Um, that's been a radical change <laughs> since we moved over there. And I'm getting older, you know. So tell, I'd like to, I'd like to unpack that a little bit. How, um, you have the stability, so community services, Dorcas, whatever, has been at this church or was at this church for a long time. You have the stability, you've got the staff around here. Things are growing with the school. It's kind of obvious, boy, we need to kind of get your get your own place for the community services and, and potentially transition to a thrift store. Can you kind of maybe take us through that a little bit? And, and maybe one aspect as well, community services was, was just like, here's some free clothes, take it type of thing, right? Whereas a thrift store, there's a mon monetary exchange a little bit more. Well, that actually, I, you have to give Kathy Dutro the credit for all of that. Because yeah. she's, um, I, I begin to realize that I needed help, and I, I kind of reached out to Kathy Dutro. So she came on board to help me. I said, you know, in fact, they said, Do you, will you be leader? And I said... I'll only be leader if Kathy Dutro will help me. So she's a kind of a co-leader. And she was able to, to go to uh, Portland to see all, to see their thrift store over there and, and went to a couple of the things that I wasn't able to go to. Had some really good ideas out of that. And that is how the idea for the thrift store grew. Um, and so she really is the uh, the force behind that. Have you noticed a change in uh, the amount of customer? I guess you call them customers. Oh, yeah. It's a it's not the same, you know. Well, here, here's the thing too, because I and this is just from an outside perspective, and this is an area that I haven't had any involvement in really, as a disclaimer, but. It seems to me, um, it's hard because before it's all mission, yeah, here's your stuff, but, and don't worry about pain, but at the same time, um, you know, for some people, there probably is some benefit to actually paying a little bit and taking responsibility, and I don't know if that's part of it. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's that train of thought, too. When we were over, when we were here, we had pretty much people that came on a regular basis. 
And then the people that came in to see Patty, you know, that was just, mm -hmm. she could just send them over there. Uh, we did a lot of emergency kind of things. Now, how, how does the food bank work with that as well? Because that's... You know, Ismay Harris was the, beginning, was the one that started the food bank. Okay. And that was actually before I... Because that's, that's still going on there, and that's still, here's some food and... Well, I think that's our primary mission now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still doing that. We're doing that now. Glenn I... and Kathy Dutro go to Second Harvest and pick up the stuff there on Mondays. And Jim Stalinka still did that until this came up, this coronavirus. Um, and we we get donations from church members and... and uh, uh, that's a big, that's a big ministry. Um, it's still evolving. We have a lot to pray about. Um, so is it something, uh, that you're excited about evolving? Cause I know for me, like I, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of you <laughs> and everyone who works there. Like, and it's terrible for me to even say that, not being involved, but <clears throat> that's that's a gold star for the community that I'm a part of, I feel. I feel like, man, if we're looking at Christ's life, if we're looking at his ministry, getting out and serving the, um, you know, those who are hurting and, and underprivileged, and, and it seems like that ministry, the food bank, all that, is kind of the front lines in our community, well, it is. It is. And the clothes, too. Yeah. Um, goodness, I wish I could remember some of the... You know, we... Every week, there is somebody that comes in that desperately needs help. And my burden, and it's a burden that I have now because we moved. When, when we were over here and we had... And Pastor Munson was involved. Um, we had people come in in all kinds of distress, and he was there to to be able to counsel them and to uh, that was a ministry that we don't have now. Yeah. And uh, so, unfortunately, you know, we're not we're not as able to really get down and say, now what What else is going on? Which we were able to do over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we had somebody we could depend on to, to meet that need. Uh, my burden has always been that we really need to minister more spiritually than we are able to. And yeah, you're right, just giving out clothes and and food, that's nice, but um, we need to do more than that. So what's your vision five years from now for Gathered for Good? Like if you, hey, resources weren't the limiting factor, whether that's financial, whether that's uh, volunteer resources, what, what, what would oh, be Oh, Kathy needs to be here for that. <laughs> this is, you know, we've had that vision what we really had, and we're still talking about it, 
is that we could have that Shopco building over there. And we would have a dental, like Portland, a dental clinic, a health clinic. Uh, so people could come in and, and have their health needs met as well. And uh, it would just be several arms of the church working. And then, you know, the clothing and the food would still be there, but we'd be ministering to them spiritually a little bit, a lot more than we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe. You never know. Don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't. Who knows uh, what this, what the outcome of this virus is going to be. Yeah, that's true. Well, Bernice, you, uh, you're an inspiration to me, I know, and, and to our church, and we sure appreciate your leadership that you have over there. Um, I guess my next, my final question is, if people are looking, like, how do I get involved, stuff like that? Would they talk to you then? Would they talk? They could talk to me. They could talk to Kathy Dutro. They could talk to Dana Courtney, who's the store manager. And she needs a lot of help. Uh, <clears throat> too. I mean, the thrift store needs help. Um, she needs people that can run the cash register so she can be more out there to organize. And um, So either Kathy Dutro, Dana Courtney, or myself. Okay, perfect. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Special thanks to Bernice Wright for spending some time and letting us get to know her a little better. For more information about our church and our thrift store, visit cdaadventist.org.